Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. How's everybody doing? Are you doing okay? Okay, for everybody else, I'm here for you. Okay? For those that are clapping, they're doing great. For those of you that are like, uh, I'm not sure about our world right now, or you're frustrated with yesterday, or wherever you're at, man, I just want to say, like, you're in good company, okay? We're all at different spots. We're all at different spots politically. We're all at different spots uh, with COVID. We're all at different spots with, with masks. We're all at different spots with all that stuff. And all I'm here to say is, I don't care about that. I care about Jesus, okay? So we're here to talk about Him today. We're going to glorify Him, and, and we're going to talk about something that I think is pertinent to you. But before I I do that. I just want to give a couple shouts out to a few people that have really been running everything behind the stage the last few weeks. And one is is my wife, and uh, I love her a lot. We joke around a lot. We've been married twenty years, and. Um, I don't know how that's possible when we're both still 18, and uh, I'm just not sure how that works. And at the same time, we even have an 18-year-old too, so that's a little weird. Um, yeah, yeah, we we definitely had premarital sex there. All right, so you can joke in this place, okay? Jeez, you guys are like, oh my gosh, did Pastor Chris say that? Did he say? We did not, first of all, um, but. No, 18 though. If we had an 18-year-old, we would have had to like, we would have had to like consummate the marriage when we were like in the womb or something. I don't even know how that's possible. All right, so welcome to the bridge. Uh, You know, uh, just a couple quick things. Um, The last couple weeks, Heather preached a great message last week. And, uh, you know, come on, give it up for her. And I, I love when she's able to come and, and share. Uh, we try to get her in here as much as possible. But she really does a lot of hard work at the school and, and as a mom of five kids. For you who are moms, man, just kudos to you. It's a lot of work. It's a full-time job. And, and I know some of you are like, yes, thank you, thank you. So, yeah, come on, give it up for our moms, everybody. Come on. And... Uh, and then two weeks ago, uh, Pastor Derek uh, really shared about anxiety, shared about his journey with that, and really the entire series the last couple of weeks was about how really things aren't in our control, but we know who holds the control of all things. And so, uh, can we just give Derek, he's been running the everything since I've been gone. Took some time off, took some time to just abide in Christ, did some mountain biking, and then also I was sharing with our team this morning, I took a couple weeks and I went to two different churches, uh, one where it's a coach of mine who coaches me, uh, maybe you know, his name's Peter Haas, he pastors Substance Church, so just hang, hung out with Peter for a little bit, and and tell you what, man, they're doing some great things, just a phenomenal church, and then hang out with another church that we've helped uh, plant, and that was Cedar Ridge Church last Sunday, and so um, just, I, I, I know sometimes I like to be here, but when when I'm gone, it's usually because we're trying to pour into other churches. Um, I believe there's a call on us as, as a church to continue to pour into others and to be a blessing to others, and so we're going to continue to do that. And even the week before that, I was actually in Houston, Texas, and we were coaching uh, church planters. And so uh, we actually are coaching two right now that are getting ready to plant. Uh, one is actually in Branson, Missouri, and they're getting ready to plant. We're going to help them. But then we planted our first church, if you remember, two years 
years ago in Chicago, and that was Pastor David uh, Wombelsdorf. We call him D-Wom, even though he's got that crazy last name. Uh, Mr. American Ninja Warrior, which is great, planting in Chicago. However, I've wanted to for so long plant in Minnesota, and I've wanted to be a part of something closer. And we've, uh, we, everything that comes in, we give out uh, 10%, at least a minimum of 10%. In fact, we have given in excess of $300,000 in missions and church planning in the last few years. Can we just give God praise? That's, that's, for our size church, that's amazing. We don't want to say we believe in the tithe and not tithe as a church, but where I'm getting to is there's a couple, and their name's Bob and Christy Headley, and I wanted to make sure I had their permission. Uh, how many were here the last couple weeks, and you saw the guy in the ponytail leading worship with you, all right? He's a good friend of mine. He was in Houston with us. Guess who we're planting who's going to be starting a church here in a few months? Come on, man. Isn't that exciting? So... I have, uh, we're going to make that more known as we grow closer. They are getting ready to plant a church in Forest Lake, everybody. So, nice and close to home. And I've told him, because you're not the bridge people we make up, but it's, we're, we're, we're God's people. And so we want to advance the kingdom. I said, you can talk to anybody you want. If, if God puts it on your heart to go with, do that. We want to continue to be advancing the gospel and the mission of Jesus Christ. It's more than just the bridge. So I just want you to see that here's this little church in the cornfield, and now then, and we're having a global impact, okay? We're having an impact, and we're going to continue to do that. So I want you to see that. When I'm gone, it's usually because we're trying to... Invest in others. Some of it's your pastor needed some rest. And there's times where we just want to take and realize that God has a call on us, I believe, to have that impact that's global. It starts here, but we're having that around the world. And so I just want to, I want to celebrate that today. Also, I want to celebrate this man. Have you been here on a Wednesday night? Man, if you haven't been here on a Wednesday night, dude, it is amazing. It is crawling with teenagers. It is so loud. You're like not very loud. It's so loud. On I, lo- I love loud, okay? And like Wednesday night, it's just crazy, man. They're, they're all over. They don't, you know, they're wearing their masks. They don't care. They just want to be together because you know what 2020 has done? It's showing us how important we are to each other, okay? And so they are, they're getting together. Did you wear this last week? It's your fault. I blame, I blame you. Your head, your head's... Are we talking physically or like ego-wise? Okay, alright. Yes, both. Thanks. I love you too. Jeez. Tough crowd. And I'm married to that tough crowd. Um, I had a couple more wins that I wrote down that I just wanted to share. It, you know, one of the other things that, that we're really good at, and I just want to continue to be good at, if this is your first day here, man, we just want to say welcome. I know my wife welcomed you, but we're a church that's all about the visitor. We're all about the guest. We want this to be a safe place. You can come in and hang out. Because I tell you what, when you go certain places, sometimes it's a little different. It's, it's scary when you walk into a place, you're not sure what to expect. And we want to continue to be a safe place. And that takes all of us doing that. And so just good job. Okay, like, can you give yourself a hand? Like, seriously, give yourself a hand. It's okay. All right, come on. The last thing I want to share is this. Uh, many of you have, have shared, uh, before I jump into the message, you've came up to me the last couple weeks, and or you've texted me, and you've said, hey, um, we want to help people in need. We just are not sure how. And 
And I've had so many of you, we have been able to bless so many people out of this church. And just in confidence, I can't give you names, but people that are in need, people that are, are struggling, people that uh, maybe have lost their jobs. Some of you, even here, have reached out and said, hey, uh, I want to give them a few, even thousand dollars. And, and to be able to be that bridge, no pun intended, to be able, okay, pun intended, to be able to hand that check to somebody and just say, man, we just want to bless you. We just want to show you that we love you. And any needs that our city or our school has, our, our superintendent has reached out to us. Our city has reached out to us. I've been working with Barb Held, been talking um, to Beth Geese at the school district, just saying, we're here for you. And so we're going to continue to be a church that the community needs, wants, and loves. Can I hear a good amen from somebody this morning? Are you awake? All right. All right. Hey, so this is what I want to do. i got to give myself time to preach here. I haven't even preached yet. And dude, i got a message for you that you're not going to like. Um, and... Uh, Cut that. So, so just a little on 20. I want to talk a little bit about 2020 today. I found this. This was on a menu. It said a few of these. I'll just share a couple of them. It said, I still can't believe people's survival instincts told them to grab toilet paper. Seriously. And then my wife found out bad news that the one at Costco is now not septic safe. She was in tears yesterday on that. Um, At the store, there was a big X at the register for me to stand on. I've seen too many Roadrunner cartoons to fall for that one. Okay. Isaac, you can look that one up later. Um, They said mask and gloves. This is my favorite. This is so inappropriate for church. I love it. They said a mask and gloves were enough to go to the grocery store. They lied. Everyone else had clothes on. (laughs) The dumbest thing I ever purchased was a 2020 planner. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, now I'm not taking sides here. I just think it's funny, okay? So just just hear me out. Having some states locked down and some states not is like having a peeing section in a swimming pool. So I thought, I thought that was pretty good. The buttons on my jeans have started social distancing from each other. Um, and and here's, the, here's the last one for you chocolate lovers. Keep in mind, even during a pandemic, no matter how much chocolate you eat, your earrings will still fit. All right? So can I hear it? <laughs> I love it. Is that good? All right. So that's all we're going to talk about 2020. No, it's not. A lot of people in the last few months have asked me really tough questions, really good questions. And some of the questions have really been in regards to, are we living in the end times? Are we, is, th- is this it? And so this series caught up is really going to teach on that. But we're going to look at a biblical worldview of what's known as end time teaching. And there's a word for it. It's a big fancy word I'm going to give to you if you want it. You can take this word and you can throw it away. Uh, but for those of you that like to be nerdy like me, it's called eschatology. That's just the study of end times or the study of the theory of end times. In other words, when is Armageddon or when is the rapture? When does it all come to a head? When does it all, you know, close up? When does this happen? And so with the questions I've received, I've really started putting a message together in regards to the Bible. And here's why. I can get up here and I can give you prophetic theories and I can read prophetic emails and I can look at different things that people are saying about the church or who's going to win the presidency, who's not going to win the presidency. I can, I can give you all of that, but that all pales in comparison to the foundation of Scripture. Okay? So, us at the bridge, we're an Assembly of God church, but on our doctrinal statement it says we will go back to the 
doctrine of the Bible first and foremost. We start there. So we believe the Bible is truth and we live, breathe, and will die for that. And that's our belief here at the bridge. Now we invite you to be part of that journey. We're not going to shove it down your throat. But I want to invite you to take a peek here in the next few weeks at a book that's known as First Thessalonians. So if you have a Bible, grab it. If you have a phone with the Bible app, grab it. I'll have it on the screen for you. But in the next four weeks, I would encourage you to bring one with, whether it's a paper one, whether it's one on your iPad or your iPhone or your Samsung or anything, just just bring it with. I want you to know that I don't know when the end of the world will happen. I don't know when the return of Christ will happen. Us as Christians, we believe in a doctrine known as the second coming of Christ. There's a lot of different elements to that. And can I just say something about this? And this is why I don't teach on this often on Sunday morning. Because this teaching makes Christians weird. For those of you that didn't say amen, I'm talking to you. Alright, no. Okay, so be really, really cautious when it comes to eschatology, when it comes to end times. Okay, because this is all theory. This is a lot of things. So I'm not here to teach you theory. I'm here to teach you Bible. Can I hear a good amen, somebody? Alright, here we go. First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 1. If I go too fast, keep up. Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians and God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. What in peace to you? Grace. And peace to you. I want you to catch that. We're going to unpack that in just a moment. So here he is. He is really writing this letter, or they're called epistles, to this place in Thessalonica. Thessalonica. And, and so he's writing 1 Thessalonians. They're 2 Thessalonians. We're not going to get into yet. And here he is writing this letter to really encourage them because they had been discouraged and they started living out their faith and all hell was breaking loose in their world. And they thought the world was coming to an end and they weren't sure about the political party. They weren't sure about what, you know, COVID and all of that. And they just weren't sure. And so Paul's like, hey, I want to encourage you in the faith to keep on keeping on. In fact, if you go to the book of Acts, this is what they came out of. In fact, they were getting in trouble for defying Caesar's decrees. This is what it says, book of Acts, St. Thessalonians. But in verse 7 and 8, Luke writes this. He says, they are all defying Caesar's decrees, saying that there is another king. Amen. Who knows who he's that? One called Jesus, right? The king. When they heard this, the crowd and the city officials were thrown into turmoil. They're like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? And so there's this riot and riots happening. They thought they were going to die because they were following King Jesus. And Caesar's going, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't follow any other king. Can't happen. So they believed it was political. Now I know maybe you don't think the Bible's relevant, but 2,000 years ago they were having political issues too. Has the world changed? All right, moving on. They were almost killed for bringing this message. The message of Jesus as King. I want you to see this. This is, this is known as kingdom teaching or the kingdom of God. And so here it is. Paul writes this book, 1 Thessalonians, offering hope to any that might fall away from the faith because of the persecution and the opposition they were facing. Now I'm going to jump in here really quick. And I want to say this. So far, I as your pastor, I've been really good at being respectful to the rules. I've been really respectful on the percentage of people we're allowed to have in here and all of that. But if I'm once told that I'm not allowed to meet and worship, you're going to see a side of your pastor that no one will ever want to see. And I would like to invite you to come visit me in jail moving on. And if you can bring cake, bring cake. Ah. 
So this letter, it teaches us how to live out the Christian walk. Because in their time, 2,000 years ago, at any time, boom, right now, Jesus could come back. They were going. They were having the same conversations we're having in 2020. Is Jesus coming back? All hell's breaking loose in our political system, in our world. They're thinking we're following the wrong king. At any time it could happen. Then Paul dives into this really deep question. And and he gets into this question that we're not going to address today, but in the next few weeks. And this is a really crazy question. What happened to those who've already died? Before Jesus walked the earth, what happened to them? We're going to learn about that. We'll get into that in the weeks to come. That's a deep question for those of you that like deep theology. The theme, though, of this book is keep up the good work. Keep it going. You're doing okay. Hey, in 2020, you're making it. You're here today. You're listening online. You haven't given up. You haven't said, I'm not going to go to church. I'm not going to read my Bible. I'm not going to pray. You said, even though it sucks and I've got anxiety and I've got depression and I'm burnt out and I've lost my job, I'm still going to follow him. That's where you're at. And so that's what he's saying, okay? So this theme, this theme is keep it up, keep going, don't stop. Man, I want to implore that message to you today like never, ever before. You see, this book is written after Timothy had visited, and things are going really well, actually. People are not giving up. It's known as the earliest letter in the New Testament. For those of you that like chronology, the Bible is usually not chronological. You can get that nowadays. But this is the first earliest letter that we have in the New Testament. It's the first one. Not Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but of the epistles, of the letters that we receive. Paul uses this greeting. Remember I had you say grace. He says grace and peace to you. But we don't see this because we're not Greek scholars. But in here, he has this play on words where it's really supposed to be greetings and peace to you. But he makes this play on words where he says the play on words is rather than greetings, I want to show you grace. You're going to get something you don't deserve. And then he offers a Jewish word here, a Greek word shalom, where he says, and peace be with you. Both something you don't deserve and something I want you to strive for in peace. And he gives them both that right in the beginning of this. We just, I know myself when I read my devotions, I go over and over. Paul cannot share enough good about them. Guys, I've been breaking you up the last couple weeks, man, with friends, with people, with coaching others. This is an amazing church. This is, and it's because of you. This is a phenomenal church. Financially, you guys have stepped up. You know, I have a lot of pastors going, I don't know what to do. Some have actually had to close their doors in the last couple months. Okay? You guys have stepped up above and beyond. We are actually above financially than we ever have been in the entire... And we, you know what we do with that? We keep giving it away. We keep giving it to other church plants. We keep giving it to people in need. Many of you said, how can we serve? And so Paul can't share enough good about the Thessalonians. I can't share enough good about what's happening here, okay? And so I know we're all humble. We're from St. Francis in the surrounding area, and we don't like that. But just receive that this morning. Can you receive that, please? Please receive that this morning. Okay? Let's read on here. First Thessalonians, the next two verses, verse 2 and 3. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, this letter is so encouraging. So encouraging because it shows the fruit of the message of Christ. In other words, the gospel. You ever heard the word gospel? That's just the presentation of who Christ is. Sharing the fact that when we receive Him, we receive eternal life. And I like simple. But did you catch the words that Paul uses right in here? Did you, did you catch them? Okay. Faith, love, and hope. Paul uses these three words over and over throughout Scripture. 
all of the time. And he even shares later on in Corinthians to the, le- to the letter in Corinth, he says, but the greatest of faith, hope, and love is what? Greatest of the three is love. Okay? And so, we don't know the return of Christ, but in the meantime, we're called to judge. Or, oh, I mean, we're called to... Called to love. We're called to love. Well, what about, what about the people that voted differently? What about the president you either wanted in or didn't want? Are we called to love them? Are, are, we, huh? are we called to do that? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know it sucks for some of us. But that's what we're called to do. In fact, if you're going to call yourself a Christian, it's not optional. Sorry. Thanks, Pastor Chris. That's life-giving. You're welcome. All right, moving on. John chapter 15, verse 35. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you judge one another. If you love one another. Okay? If you love. They will know Christians by our love. Do those around you know you because of your love? Or do they know you by your postings? Ooh, it got real. Okay. Let me tell you something. A few weeks ago, we're in Houston, and I'm a food snob, you can see that, and we're down at this restaurant called Miller's Siwa Cafe in Galveston. I'm there with Bob and Christy, who are helping plan a church, and we're talking through a lot of details, and uh, you get to be part of that, so just this part of your story now, too. And we're there, and we get this waitress that comes up, and I'm looking through the menu, and, and how many know, like, half the restaurants we go to, you got to do the QR code thing now, you got to scan it with your phone, and so I, I do that, and I'm, I'm looking at the menu, and it's like seafood galore. I'm like, hallelujah, like, just so much seafood, and I'm going, and I ask her, I'm like, what's the best? And she comes over to the table, and she leans on the table, and she's super crabby, and she's like, I don't know, whatever. I'm like, okay, bad day. And Bob's like, what's your name? She goes, it's Michelle. And Michelle starts talking. She's an older, a little shorter lady. And, and uh, Michelle goes, um, I don't know. And, and Bob asks her a question. And, and she's just super crabby. Well, finally, we decide to start. We don't even talk about this, but we start asking her story. And we decide to even pray for her. We didn't even ask her permission. We're just like, let's just pray for Michelle. And we start praying for her. And, and we're there for a while talking through and, and you know eating key lime pie, man. And I had shrimp and grits. Oh, and I'm not even a grits lover, but they, they use that career cheese and they melted in there with this like shrimp scampi and it just adds like 20 pounds just looking at it and so good so good and she comes up and now she's just chatting and she's sharing her story and at the end of it we like we get to hug her here's a picture oh it's already up here's a picture of Michelle and she's like peace and we're all here just hanging out can I tell you that her demeanor before this hour was not like this Okay, that's Michelle. Okay, you know why? Because we chose to love. We could have been like, wow, she's crappy. She ain't getting a tip. Come on, we've all been there. But what if we turn it around? What if we do it Christ's way and not our way? What if we do the way that we know we should but not the way that we want? What if we do it in the spirit but not in the flesh? What if we do it out of love but not out of judgment? What if we do it out of kindness, not out of we want justice? What if we switch it? change the world. Let's read the rest of First Thessalonians here. i got six verses. Stay with me. There's a lot in here and I want you to catch it. For we know, brothers and sisters, loved by God, that He has chosen you. you. Because our gospel came to you not simply with words but also with Ooh, with the Holy Spirit and deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us 
and of the Lord. For you welcome the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in the surrounding area, Macedonia and Acacia. The Lord's message rang out from you, not only there, but your faith in God has become known everywhere. Everywhere. Because your love because you love. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for His Son from heaven, talking about the second coming right here, whom He raised from the dead. Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. Now, some people believe that's, that's talking about the rapture. The reason this series is called Caught Up is in the Greek, the word rapture literally means caught up. And so we're going to talk about that. We're going to unpack that in the next few weeks. But we need to get some groundwork before we start talking about all the crazy stuff. See, the Thessalonians here, they're the only people group, the only people group in the entire scriptural writings that Paul says are imitating Christ. Won't find it anywhere else. It's the only people group. Paul's going, man, you're imitating me as I imitate Christ. Way to go. Keep on keeping on. So this is a people group we should learn from. Let's learn from their actions and learn from what they're doing. They accepted, ready for this? They accepted tribulation with the joy of the Holy Spirit. It's what we just read. They accepted it. That's tough for me. They, ex- they accepted going, hey, you know what? Tribulation's happening, persecution's happening, but we know the power of the gospel, not just the words, but that this is true and this is real. And so I can trust on that rather than a governmental system, rather than anything else, rather than my own flesh, I can trust in Jesus my Savior. And no matter what happens, no matter how long God tarries before He comes back, I can just rest assured that I'm okay and I can continue to follow Him. Idols here. Idols. Do, do you have any idols? We all have idols sometimes. That doesn't look like it did in the Bible. But we all have things that get in the way of our relationship with God. And so what's being said right here is this is real idolatry. This is like real idol worship during this time. In fact, there was two gods around this area during this time. And one name I'm going to totally botch. But one is Dionysus. Or Dionysus. And one is, ready for it, Dioscuri Cabaroy. Something like that. I, good luck. You can look it up and correct me later. But basically, Dionysus, here he is. This is who they were worshiping. They, they thought this would be the God that would serve them and save them during this time. This was their main religion of the day. It was the God of, ready for this, the grape harvest? Woohoo! All right. Now what happens when we allow grapes to ferment and we crush them? Well, it was the God of getting drunk. It was the God of wine. So everybody loved this God. It was like the party God. The God of fertility. I'll let you use your imagination there. Uh, The God of fruits and veggies because he was God of the harvest. God of, ready for this, ritual madness. Ritual madness. God of insanity. Literally insanity. And God of festivity and theater. Okay, so we've got all these different terminologies, but basically it's mythology during this time. A lot of Greek influence here, because guess who Dionysus' father is? If you don't know mythology, you can guess and you're going to get it right. It was Zeus. Zeus was his father. And so here's who they're worshiping this time. But it's all words. It's a false religion. And all of a sudden they hear the words of Christ. They hear the gospel presented. And that's one thing. But to see it demonstrated is a whole other. Because that's what allowed them to believe in the power of God, even though they were going to be potentially killed for their faith, following a different king. The other one, I just call him DC, was known as the God of the Horsemen. 
and they would worship these mythological gods. Well, here they turn to Christ. Okay? They turn to Him. And then at the end of this chapter, the end of chapter 1, Paul hits the big one. The return of Christ. He gets into this more in the later chapters, when this happens, how it looks. You know, there's supposed to be seven years of tribulation. Are, are we here for that? Are we gone for that? Do we leave in the middle of it? How does all that look? Is it symbolic? Is it, is it idealistic? Is it known as just as history? And we're, we'll unpack a lot of that together. But during this, here's what I want you to go back to. Go back to the Word of God. Look to His Word. Test everything I say during this message about caught up in the next few weeks. Let me show you just a couple funny things here about the return of Christ. Put this first one up here. Minds predict the end of the world in 2012, the world. We're about eight years too early. Uh, I love this. How many have seen Dr. Strange or Marvel? Here she is, right here. Go to the next one. I love this. What I imagine everyone will do at the end of the world. <laughs> How many know that's like true, okay? Like, it's funny because it's true. Go to the last one here. I think I only have three. Me looking outside to see what chapter of Revelation we're doing today. All right. How many felt this way in 2020 sometimes, you know? What's going on? I love this meme. That's one of my favorite. There's three things that Paul breaks down here, and I want to finish by saying this in the next three minutes. He talks about faith and action, okay? So faith, all right? Believing in something we don't see. Faith and action. James chapter 2 verse 17. So also faith by itself, if it does not have... It's dead. Well, wait a second. I thought God just wanted faith alone. He does. But if we have faith, you'll also have works. You can have works without faith, but you can't have faith without works. It doesn't work that way. Okay. Well, I thought works don't save. They don't. Faith does. But when you have it and you believe, you will automatically go, God, I want to do what you want me to do. I want to do your will. Okay? The gospel had power over them in that time. They saw that. And so they were able to go, I want to abandon my sins and I'm going to walk out my faith. Okay? As a preacher, as a Christian, we should all walk out what we talk out. Whatever we talk, we should walk. It's the way it should be. Okay? When I get up here, man, I tell you what, I want to make sure that I'm living this out. Sometimes it's preaching to myself. The second, so we've got faith in action. The second is words in action. Words are really powerful. Words are so powerful. And this is why I say to my kids all the time, we're not going to make promises in our house. I use this scripture. It's out of Matthew chapter 5. Simply let your yes be your and your no be your... Anything more comes from the evil one. Think about that for a moment. If you have to say, well, I promise I'll be there at 5 o'clock, then you saying I'll be there at 5 o'clock, it's not good enough. Why not? Because your words are not lining up with your belief and your action. And so he's saying, line it up. If we're believing in Christ, our words should represent that. We should be speaking in love. We should be speaking in life. The last one is this. Belief and action. Belief and action. Just be honest with you for a moment. There are times I have doubts. We've had, you know, my wife had a deer. Um, I had a doctor's appointment this week. And, and you know, we, we have teenagers. And we have these moments in life where we can either choose Christ or we can choose to doubt. Now, I choose Christ. But does that mean I don't doubt from time to time? No. So I don't want you to feel like, well, I have to get rid of all my doubt. In fact, Mark talks about this in his book, in his gospel, in Mark chapter 9, verse 24. I love this. Maybe this needs to be your prayer today. No matter where you think, you know, we are in the end times or if we are or not. 
says, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Help me overcome my unbelief. That's been my prayer. God, I believe. Sometimes I don't understand. But I choose to believe. I've seen you. I've experienced you. I believe you're real. And so I want my words to match that. I want my faith to match that. And I want my belief to match that in action. Faith, hope, and love. It made them excited to not worry about what was next during that time. No matter what they were going to experience in tribulation, in persecution, they chose here in this first chapter, and we're going to do chapter 2 next week. I'm going to bring you through verse by verse, a little Bible study this morning, okay? And so what I want you to do is allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you during this. We're not going to get all bent out of shape. Was well, Jesus coming back next week? Is, is this happening? Is this lining up with Israel? And, and I, No, 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 no. I don't want you to worry about that. Let's put our eyes on Christ. Can I hear a good amen from somebody this morning? Is that good? Alright, you good? Alright, okay. Dude, we're, we're like finished, so I'm going to pray. Alright, if you don't know Christ, like accept Him today before you leave or I'm going to slug you, okay? Alright, so... Because I want you to go to heaven, alright? So it's that simple. Live for Him now, alright? Tell you what, man, as a Christian, 2020, what you're living through right now, this is the worst it ever gets. But if you're not a Christ follower, can I just tell you, you better enjoy it and you better live it up because this is the best it'll ever get. God, I love you so much. Thank you for sending your son to die for me. Thank you, God, for taking a risk on me and every person in this room, every person that's listening online, or every person that's listening on, on the podcast. Lord, you have a heart for them and you saved us through your son, Jesus Christ. Your word says if we believe and we confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts that you saved us, that we receive eternal life. So we believe in that this morning, God. And I pray that you would offer hope, you would offer faith, you would offer, offer love to those that need it right now during any turmoil, during any persecution, during any confusion, during any doubts that anyone has here this morning. Would you meet them where they need to be met this morning? God, continue to love us through this week as we give you this time, we give you this day. We love you, Jesus, in your name. And everyone said together. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.